marketing people, the the audio that was there, they were like, "Are you in TV media?" Mm-hmm. I was like, um, "We're in the market strategy business." They're like, "No, this is this is good stuff." Really? Yeah. We're we're podcast experts. Yeah, we are. We're on iTunes now. Uh, um, that's, that's professional. Any, I'm pretty yeah. proud of that myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ramadan Mubarak, everyone. Ramadan Kareem. Hey, how's your um, how's your Arabic accent, brother? Uh, garage. My okay. Arabic accent is coming along quite nicely. If mm-hmm. I do say so myself, it means I'm a better Muslim. <laughs> uh, oh, look at that! That that yes, come through. It's a better Muslim. What if I had like a sinister Arab accent, like oh yes, brother, like the one probably all Fox like News every viewers evil think. person, yeah, in, yeah, in like, like Jafar, yeah, yeah, Jafar. Oh, yes, brother, Ramadan Mubarak. I bet, <laughs> I bet that, that would scare some people. Yeah, you're either like really suave or yeah, yeah, on a watch list someplace. Exactly. I don't want to get myself on a watch list. Oh man, man. Um, welcome to the Not Dumb Podcast. This has been a tough Ramadan, man. It's been a tough one. Uh, I am your host. Hardest one ever. It's your hardest one ever. Yeah. It's just been a very logistically. One. It's just been. Yeah. Been tough. Me too. I don't know if it's my hardest one ever. Yeah, it probably is. Um, you know what the deal is? Oh, by the way, I am your host, uh, Iron Man Abdullah. This is Siobhan Warden. And we are uh, interrupting our Ramadan to uh, bring you another podcast in celebration of our admittance onto iTunes. Only thing next is uh, Google Play and then, uh, what, Spotify? I think Spotify. Spotify, yeah. Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. That's where all the podcasts are. So we, iTunes, I think, was the hardest one to get into because you had to have a, um, well, if you do it the proper way, there's other um, like apps you can get and you'll just go right on iTunes. But if you do it like the the real way, you have to like have like five in the, five in the, um, in the till and your uh, hard drive or whatever. And then you have to, they have to like approve your picture. And like they had to approve my picture, like our picture, mm. the, the, the baby. And, um, yeah, there was like a 24-hour approval process or something. But, uh, yeah, we're there, so we're good. Um, we're legitimate, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we're real. We're, we're like real people now, real podcast people. That's the technical term. Um, man, this has been a tough uh, Ramadan. Um, how was it tough for you, Shaman? You know, I think it's just we're still recovering on on the, on the health home front, and it's just been... Oh, the surgery, yeah, and 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 the like. So, um, no, not making it to Tawi prayer. This is the first time it's ever happened. Oh wow! Yeah, if ever, you know, and um, that that's kind of just that's kind of tough. Yeah. Um, but as far as like physically on me, that's not that hard. That's just uh, when I was a kid, uh, fasting was a lot harder. Like I actually fast often like even not in ramadan just you know mm. just to keep because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a brother of discipline so you know i like to keep my uh, my wits about me because it's hard out here so in order to keep myself sharp i fast so this fast um you know we're we're approaching the longest days of the year uh it's not that bad i can handle it but just the stress this year man yeah, this just the stress you know you've got that surgery you got the the family issues that you probably don't want to go into on this. I'm not sure. No, we're not doing that. Okay, we're not we, doing we, that. That would be like forever <laughs> apologies going yeah. on right now. Well, I mean, not you know. So anyway, um, uh, I have had three, two, three, or eh, if I count the cat, I've had three deaths this Ramadan. Uh, one of my very good friends and one of my uh, only good, my only black client. If you include his wife, I guess that's two people. Uh, Brother Marzouk Muhammad passed away last week. And um, young brother, man, 35 years old, younger than me. Um, I grew up with this brother, man. And um, yeah, man, it really had a it really had a tough effect on me, man. It really, really did. And uh, one of the worst things about it is I'm an emotional eater. Uh, I couldn't stress eat, man. Yeah, I don't even it's you know, I'm not trying to make a joke out of it. But, you know, when you're stressed out and if you eat stressfully like I do, like, oh, man, I'm stressed. Hey, let me go eat a half gallon of ice cream. That's what I do. It's not healthy. You know, whatever. I'm not proud of it. It happens, though. Um, So you didn't have your outlet. I didn't have an outlet. So I kind of just had to sit there and burn in the pain. Mm. And um, 
you know, it it wasn't it wasn't that dope. It wasn't that dope. Man, what is this thing doing here? It doesn't look like it's recording properly. Is everything plugged in properly? I guess I'll find out in the playback. So anyway, um, so yeah, was not able to um, stress eat. Um, but yeah, brother Marzouk, man, he. Um, I did not know how well known he was in the community. You know. Oh yeah, I mean. He got I mean, a mention from the mayor. Oh yeah, he was beloved. I mean, yeah, he was a, a shining star in the community. I mean, you knew him for years. I, I've known him the last four years. Yeah, uh, off and on, and got to know him personally. And he was just a a really genuinely good guy. Good and, dude, man. And a good dude all around. Yeah. Um, doing good, good stakes on the on the development side, and he was just like. You know how people say, hey, I'm going to get back with you, and you know they're busy? Yeah. You would get back with them. You would. Or at least you could circle back with them and say, hey, let's, how's that project going? So, okay, I'm doing such and such. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was a good brother, man. It's a loss. He, um, you know, we when we grew up, he was a little younger than I was, but um, so... You know, when you're when you're a kid, if someone's like three or four years younger than you, they're kind of like out of your 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 friend group, so to speak, you know. But as um, when I came back into Boston from Seattle, um, he um, he was one of the people I, I reconnected with. And then last year uh, we got a lot closer and he, he actually hired my company to help him uh, manage some properties and some other things. And um yeah, it just it it it's kind of messed up how, um, like we just got really close over the last year, you know. Yeah. Like I knew about um just a lot of different things. He knew about some things in my life, and you know we're both like there's not a lot of people like us. I'm talking about you and me, Shimon, where we're uh, young black men essentially. I mean, we're not old. We're not, yeah. You know, I guess we're not young, but <laughs> we're not old either. We're in the but prime of our lives. We're we're uh, we're out here doing business. Uh, entrepreneurial business and he I don't know if he he wasn't an entrepreneur but he was he was an executive um, for a real estate company um, and um, and they were doing big things literally yeah like doing real real big uh, projects around Massachusetts or Boston mostly but I think in Massachusetts as well um, but yeah it was just a genuine uh, pleasure talking with him we would talk about business I mean at this level so I mean we're not we're not at some high level or anything but it's not there's not a lot of people out here like us you know it's just that's just facts. And when I talked with him, we were both passionate about um, economic development in our community. Like I, I, I pride myself on keeping my business as as black as possible, as Muslim as possible, and to keep the money circulating in the community as much as humanly possible. Sometimes it's not possible. And, you know, it is what it is. But um, if you know people that can do a certain job, why pay? You know, other people to come and do it and just take your money out of your community. It's not a good thing either. Yeah. So he was passionate about that as well. And uh, we used to have talks about that all the time, you know, sharing our um, horror stories, sharing our um, good stories and, you know, really trying to empower, you know, the people of Roxbury, you know. Yeah, because it was um, him, you, Kareem. Kareem is another one. I got to yeah. get him on the podcast. Kareem Van Leesten. Um Yeah couple other brothers couple it's literally a couple one yeah. hand i can count them on yeah you know? um they were they were in their hustle but they knew that we had to come together for everything to grow and yep. they were hey we need to move and there were some projects but they were incomplete where we can actually just get them done yeah but we were looking and a lot of people say hey if it doesn't have if you're doing economic development it takes a little while. Yeah. You know, you got to get the right project, the right time. It may take a few years. It takes many years, you know, yeah, to build it. Yeah. But once you get a couple under your belt and the team is going together, you you can do really wonderful things for the community because people got to feel it. Yeah. You know, you got to, if you're it has doing to be an a, emotional connection, it's an emotional connection. Yeah. You got to put food on the table. If you get a good project yeah. and you got, and you're running it, and you hire like four or five people from the community, mm-hmm. as well as you got the bigger companies. You, it's a different situation when they're they're like, "Oh, you're not talking." When you say, "Hey, um, such and such is a carpenter," such and such, uh, yep. you know, it's a pipe fitter, or you know, they have this sort of audio business, and you you come and use them, they mm-hmm. feel proud about it. They're involved in it, and they're exactly. vested. Exactly. And I can say, like, um, he's actually. 
uh, one of the people. He's I can say there's not a lot of people that have helped my business. I'm not talking about as a client. I'm just talking about as as sharpen getting getting my getting the edges crisp. Like uh, you know, I'm not a I'm not I don't have an MBA like you, Shabon. I don't uh, I don't have a lot of formal education. I have a lot of just get out and know how to get it done kind of stuff. And he helped me with my business in a way where he helped it become a little bit more professional. And um, I value that. I'm, I'm forever in his debt for that. So um, I will we'll say one positive thing. If there's a time to die and you're Muslim, you definitely want to die in Ramadan. Yeah, that's true. When I die, I, I hope I go in Ramadan. You know, that's or a you blessing. Or you could die during Hajj. Which or, is, oh, man. There's that's a lot of death newborn baby Hodge. territory. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Marzouk was that's a good because brother. Older man. people go to Hajj to die. So, so, so like, it's not like it's a morbid time. They go to Hajj to die? Yeah. To know, die. Well, it's like some, you know, some places have quotas. Many places have quotas. So, some people are waiting 10, 20 years to, one, save the money, have the time in their life to be able to go. So, they tend to be a little bit older. Mm. 70s 80s you know good number and it's it's hard on the body it's hard on the body and so really yeah how is it hard on the body i don't i don't actually know the hodge process i'm an ignorant muslim right now but what it what is uh what's so hard about it i know the probably walking around the kaaba and the sun and all that but what what else is it i i think that the, the, the amount of people you know when you're walking around people you're talking me. about <laughs> now they, I think they can accommodate seven to eight million people doing all wow. in the same spot, doing the exact thing, and it just—if you're in the inner ring of the Kaaba, you you better have some some size on you or be in an organized formation like the mm. Indonesians are. Um, then you got to go to Mina, and you're out in the desert, even though they're air-conditioned tents, um, and it's it's nine days of activities even if you break it and then you stay normally if you go to Hodge you're going to stay afterwards because mm. you don't want to just go and head back out um, so there are people before and there are people after it's very exciting but I think and we talked about this before there's some people who have their whole purpose is to just do one or two things mm. and they will knock you over or um, they call See, how are you gonna, how are you going to be like I, I've heard these kind of stories before and I, I just don't know how, um, if you're going to Hajj, you know, to purify your soul and to, you know, fulfill your five pillars, uh, how do you, how are you going to go there and act like an a-hole, you know? I don't think they're, they're trying to act like an a-hole. They're just like too excited and overwhelmed or sometimes they're... Oh, like, so it's not, I've heard, I've heard like stories about like unbridled aggression. Oh yeah. I, I didn't know? have any, and I didn't see any unbridled aggression. I saw what people were doing is you got... If you're in the inner core, you got 500,000 people probably in the inner promenade, right? Hey, man, Kappa. that's a maybe, lot of people. Maybe more. Wow. Right? Wow. All working on marble. And they're going in a... Pretty much, it's like the water going around the drain. Cause yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you come and you put something in there, it's going to back up. Mm. It doesn't need to be back. You, you, can, you can clog that up with about 12 people mm. just coming in. And they wedge because the people got to go around you, and it just causes a lot of issues. Um, and there's some pinch points that they need to fix out. Like there was some spots around some of the stairs, mm. and it's sort of like you got to learn to go which direction. You'd be like, oh, I do not want to go. Eighty people going through a, a, a space that's only four across. Oh wow! Not a good, not a good way to go. Okay, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and then you got all this people behind you, mm. so it's kind of hard. It's easy to flow and like meander left or right and kind of drift with it. Yeah, it's hard to make sharp turns. Wow, yeah, but still kind of awesome. I gotta get over there though. (laughs) I know it still still sounds like I'm not scared of uh, some. uh, I heard a story. This brother told me he was um, reciting Quran in the uh, in the in the what's the not the not the haram but the what's the Masjid al Nabi? Yeah, down in um, Medina. No, no, he was in what. So wait, is the is the harem the whole the whole complex? The whole complex. Is oh, okay. So he was he was in the masjid part of the complex, not outside, but in inside. Yeah. And he was reading Quran, and 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 some other Muslims like, hey, can you keep it down? Your your recitation is ugly, or something like that. Like, really? It's like I really, had, bro. Like, I had no such experiences like that. Yeah, like uh, I had just people being. And I've heard a, I've had a lot of women tell me horror stories as well. Oh, the women are. Uh, 
Like if you if you go there if you're a woman and you go there you man I recommend you go with your husband because I've heard uh, the women some were, crazy stories about um, that too. Actually, the women there were the strictest to around. So the women who are in the security force they're just strict. You <laughs> know they're like they mm. will tell anybody. They probably have to be that way. Yeah, but like uh, yeah. you can't bring shoes in. You know. Hold on a second. I gotta change my headphones because these are um. not comfortable. Well, keep talking though. Keep talking. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just saying, not to say that they're bad people. Oh, no, that sounds really weird right now. Like, you took that extra uh, headset on, and it's just so much louder. Really? Yeah, in the headphones, yeah. Oh, in your headphones? Yeah. Oh, maybe there's like a, a power drain when I plug these in or something. Yeah, it's sort of a splitter. The power. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. All right. Get the beats by Dre. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you can tell the difference. I actually found these beats by Dre in the garbage. Yeah. That's what you call a come up. That's those definitely come up. I'm not that impressed by these beats by Dre headphones. They're not um it's not like blowing my mind. Like I've had some uh I've had some Bose headphones that were um just as good, if not better. But uh yeah, I'd be finding stuff in the trash, man. I'm not too proud to uh let that be known. That's a Beacon Hill trash, huh? That's the puppies right there. Oh, man. Oh, there goes my voice. All right, I can hear it better. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Man, that baritone man is sexy, bro. (laughs) Talking about me. (laughs) Uh, I think we're going to have to put it in a no homo. Yeah, no homo for myself. (laughs) Um, Yeah, man. Well, yeah. Man, I got to get over there, man. I really got to get over there. You got to get back. I'm gonna make that happen. Let's say you said you said it was like two grand off season. I mean, if you're not going to Hajj, you're going to um, Umrah. It's not too bad. You can you can I do go it with my like wife. I don't like traveling without my wife. So yeah. I'd say let's say about you four G's. Armada? No, not taking all the kids. They can know. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no uh, it, it'd be hard with all the. the I, maybe I, the I, eldest one. I like traveling with my kids too. I actually love traveling with my family. Um, but. Um, Getting all seven of them on a on a plane for what eleven hours, twelve hours? What no, is it? there's a seven order. Well, it depends if you fly to Jordan, about seven eight hours. So let me put it this way: we went. Uh, I took my three girls to Seattle uh, a couple years ago. Um, like, there's there gets to be a point where no amount of ice stairs across <laughs> across your seat will calm them down because it's like nothing to do. So yeah. they have the they have the TV because we took we take JetBlue because you know we're fancy. Uh, but there's a point where no amount of TV, no they're amount done. of activities, no, they're just done with sitting in the chair. So of course they start fighting with each other and uh, embarrassing you in front of everyone, acting like they don't have any kind of home training. Um, Which so is yeah, one I'm of not my really favorite phrases, by the way. Home training. Yeah, that's a serious thing right there. Yeah, exactly. Wait, hold on. It's, uh, getting these notifications on my computer. Uh, so yeah, I'm not really looking forward to taking them. Um, like on huge long airline trips until they're a little older and they can entertain themselves a little better. Um, I've driven the kids cross country multiple times and they've been on play flights. They're usually pretty cool. Road trips are different because I can pull over and uh, like go to a restaurant and let them just get some energy out, you know? Yeah. Uh, planes, not so much. You know, where are you going to go? So, yeah, I'm not really looking forward to it. But yeah, I got it. If I go to, if I go to Umrah, I'm going to go with my wife. I don't want to like. And she would want to go. I don't want to like, I'm, I'm, leave her here with 38 kids. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm out. Uh, hey, handle these kids. All right, bye. Yeah, see you in a couple of weeks, baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's not going to be a good look. I'm glad I went by myself to get orientated, you know, mm. know what's going on. But I think now... Would you be mean good. oriented? I don't think orientated is a word. I, I do uh, extra ED on there. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for letting me slide. I just had to embarrass you in front of everyone. You know, just <laughs> to let you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a little... Sometimes the hood slips out every once in a while. No matter what kind of education you have. I'm going to burn, blame it on the brain damage. So. There you go. Brain mm-hmm. damage. But, um, yeah, that, that was a kind of a downer. What, what do you mean brain damage? I, I got a traumatic brain injury from my time in the military. My oh, life. really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Re- what, what happened? Um, repeated head trauma on the ship. From what? Well, I was... Um, Did you see wartime or were you not in wartime? Yeah, I was in Iraq. Oh, okay. All right. So, um, it turns out I have the same kind of head traumas that happens with firefighters i was a firefighter in the navy so you just keep hitting your head hitting your head on what well the ship is steel 
and there's brass everywhere. So you rock, you hit, you hit your head on the valve, like big ass, big valves. Um, you slip and you hit like the doorway, which is steel. Um, things fall on you. Um, we did a lot of repairs and we were doing heavy duty work. So, you know, I would have a 400 pound, 500 pound mortar fall on my hand. You just like pick it up, get this off me. You know, damn. Va- uh, crazy things happen like you have a drawer full of tools and they're all steel and it doesn't cl- latch properly the ship rocks and just hits you in the face like bum <laughs> Mike Tyson punched to the jaw and you just eat it you know that sounds terrible man and that happened all the time every day and just so cumulatively you, so you actually got a traumatic brain injury from accidents from from accidents and two from um, all the firefight you know a lot of minor explosions yeah. on, uh, fighting fires on the ship. Yeah. So it's not the same as the IUD explosion, obviously, where you have like massive trauma. Yeah. But it's it's more trauma than a normal person gets by it. It's like having a bunch of minor car accidents. That sounds horrific. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't have anything to compare to that story. So. Um, yeah. There you go. Um, man, that sounds, know, that sounds terrible, bro. Yeah. Well, being out to sea is dangerous. You know? I mean, clearly, just being on the ship is dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Just taking the boat. Uh, danger. Um, anyway, where was I? So, anyway, back to Marzouk, man. So, anyway. Um, oh, man. Rest in peace, young brother. Um, you know, it's funny. I was. Uh, I, I, I kind of keep getting reminded of um, Marzouk. Marzouk had a twin brother. Or has a twin Twin brother. I don't know what you say had or has. I'm not sure. Um, Mujahad. And um, so I have twins. I have identical twins. And I see how um, connected they are. You know, they really uh, they really kind of like assist each other in life. So when they're together, they fight all the time. And, you know, um, the moment you take them apart, yeah. they're like, uh. no, no, they, they they they're fine apart and stuff like that. But like in the house. They fight all the time out of the house. They might fight a little bit, but they really assist each other in ways that so like one is strong in this area. The other one's weak in this area. So the one that's strong will help the one that's weak and vice versa. So they have uh, they look out for each other. Like if, you know, like, let's say let's say I'm giving out crackers. Right. And uh, and one of the twins doesn't isn't there. The one twin will get crackers for the other twin and make sure the other twin has crackers. That's not the same as the other kids. The other twin is like, gimme, gimme, gimme. I'm going to take this. This is mine. I'm not sharing it. The twins share with each other. Uh, so it's really it's really just that that, that twin dynamic I, I have an insight into. And it's, um, it's just kind of sad when I think about um, his his what his brother must be going through. Like after thirty five years of togetherness, of of togetherness, and that they're they're got to be best friends because you can't you can't share a womb with someone, and like I I think I I think I have some insight into that more than people who don't know twins or have twins because they really have a connection that that I regular people don't have. It's tighter than just brothers, you know. I feel you. Um, so I really I really felt for him, man. Yeah, like at the funeral. You know, I don't want to get too personal into it because um, it's not really my place to to bring up personal issues, but um, uh, our personal matters. But um, no, it just it really had an effect on me. It had an effect on me this whole week. So um, yeah, rest in peace, young brother. Uh, we will meet again, inshallah, in heaven. Let's turn it up in paradise, brother. <laughs> I'm trying. To, I'm trying. I'm actually. I, I I don't feel jovial right now, but I'm trying to like. You know, like I take said, the edge off, I'm trying bro. to take the edge off with uh, with jokes. I don't know if it's appropriate or not, but um, it's a coping mechanism. It's a coping mechanism. Coping. It's I, I gotta I gotta steer clear of the darkness because under every uh, under comedy is all is a bunch of darkness. So you know, I gotta I gotta steer clear of that. And then in Seattle, I think this happened just before Ramadan. Um, I had a I had a a mentor in Seattle. His name was Ted Harris, and he was an old black dude who was um was worked in the or was in the military for a long time and then he was in the postal service and then somehow i've ran into him i used to work at a a lexus dealership called lexus of bellevue and um he was a good a great influence on me like helping me to um just you know 
just deal with this uh how how crazy you know you know how you know how like white environments can be they can be very taxing on a young black man a young straight black man who's trying to do good things he was he was uh he was always a good shoulder to cry on he was always someone who kind of like helped me uh adjust so i've had a number of of male influences in my life who helped me to 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 be the the young successful entrepreneur that i am and he was one of them he really helped me to just cope and understand the world yeah this society you know? is uh in the gentleman it's, it's not easy for everyone it's not easy for everyone and you you kind of just have to make peace with it accept it and do the best you can and not sell out you know i yeah. don't be a sell out where you're super corny don't like don't turn into brian gumble you know where you're just like you you lost all you know all blackness i don't know if that's really i don't i mean i'm, I'm trying yeah, to be he, all he, racial he, right he, now he, he gets the the he's like um you point to Bryant Gumble as he might not even be a sellout. Let me, like, <laughs> but people have been talking about him like yeah. that for a long time because he's just you know he's he doesn't have any soul left, brother. Like, come on, brother. Like, <laughs> I remember I actually met him one time. I used to work in hotels, and um, uh, I met I met a lot of people working in hotels. But I remember I met him, and um, I checked him in. Uh, I was a front desk manager at a hotel in Seattle called. Um, was it Hotel 1000 or Hotel Monaco? Yeah, everyone noticed that you have a lot of different types of jobs. A lot of different Who, types. Who, me? Of, yeah. Oh, man. I've had, I actually made a list one time. I've had like 40, I've had like 40 jobs since I turned of legal age, and I've had jobs before that as well. Yeah. Um, but always, know. always in management. And do you know how I did that, Shimon? How? I've always been in management. Uh, because I lied on my resume. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I have a degree from Boston University. Uh, and this is how I learned to be so awesome in interviews. Um, I made it so they don't even want to check my references. So you want to be that awesome where they don't check your... If they check them, uh, uh, yeah, you, you will not get hired. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Which is, That's kind of interesting because um, I have... People normally, like I've done a lot of interesting things and had some crazy jobs and they're completely unrelated. Yeah. And people go, how old are you? I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> I like, um, at the time, I'm, I'm, I'm 41 now. And they're like, how did you do so much stuff? And I'm thinking to myself, what the hell are you doing? What bro? are you doing, bro? bro. Yeah. Because I'm just doing my regular thing. You know, in fact, I slowed down a few years ago. Yeah. About six years ago. Um, just to, and especially the last three years, let the body heal. Because when you overdo it, especially coming out the military, if you're banging your head all day, banging him, banging for, how many I years got, were you in the military? I was in six years active, eight years altogether. I have three fractured vertebrae. I got mad injuries to different organs and stuff, and I was still got push. I just had to learn to turn it down. Let let yeah. the, let the body take a couple of years to heal. Yeah, which is hard on you because you, you know you want to go out there and grind, but. Uh, you can't grind from a pine box. You so. gotta, uh, you gotta grind intellectually now. You can't, yeah. uh, you can't grind physically, man. I can't even do it physically like I used to. Um, I mean, which yeah. is weird. Like I can still, like, just a few months, you know, I can still lift some weight and such. But it's not the same thing as doing it every day. Yeah, your body's like, look, bro, I did enough of this. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna stop right now. You know, yeah, that's tough, or it's, man. or worse, you just hurt. You just hurt. Yeah, no, uh, I've been there. Yeah, yeah, no, but um, but forty-one anyway, jobs. Right? But yeah, forty-one jobs. Um, but let me clarify. I I never lied about job experience. I only uh, lied about education experience because I have embellished. not. I am I heavily embellished, but I did not. Um, uh, I did not. So my my educational history is a, is is spotty. I I was homeschooled a lot for most of my youth. Um, I've never stepped foot in a high school. Um, there was a time when I wanted to go back and get an, uh, get a law degree. And I actually took a GED back in like pfft, 2011. I was actually shocked at how easy that was. Cause I did not study for it. I, did, I just took it past. It was super easy as it should be. And then, um, I was going to go to back to, back to college and do some stuff. I did actually put in a, like a year plus at a, at a community college. Um, I was like 14 when I went, I was actually a young guy. Um, back then my um my mom we uh as soon as i left middle school um she didn't like the school so in boston back then in the 90s you get assigned to the high school that's closest to you yeah we lived in the hood 
and you got the hood school. We got the hood school, and my mother was like, "No, this is back when like you just shot walking to school, just oh, shot I, coming I, home from school." I remember the neighborhood gunshots, just you know, dead bodies being found, guns being found, all that kind of stuff. And uh, she was like, uh, "Yeah, no." So um, remember the little girl <clears throat> that got killed on the mailbox back in like eighty uh, nine? Mm, I don't know where was it. It was on Humboldt Avenue. Um, no, I don't remember. Yeah. Right after that, my dad was like, "We're gone, Madonna." Wow. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've had people get killed on my grandparents' steps where they live now. So I mean, I mean, it was just really, it was a really tough. So anyway, I didn't go. So we decided to take an entry exam into college. I passed that, and uh, I went to school for a couple of years, or not even a couple of years. It was uh, maybe like a year, and then I, I felt that I was too smart, too cool for school. I was very smart. Um, I've always been a smart guy, and uh, I dropped out and. Um, now it's like I pretty much just um, I go to school for things that I want to do. So like for real estate, I wanted to be a real estate agent. So I went to real estate school and I learned everything I could about real estate. And I did that. I did that pretty successfully in Seattle. And I um, I got a real estate license here in Massachusetts. Um, if I want to learn about opening a business or something, I'll read books on it and do whatever I need to do to, to learn about it and then do it. So, you know, that's how I that's how I get my smarts now but anyway going back to the interviews yeah so i just pretty much say yeah uh i got a degree from bu or i got it i've, I've said every so the thing about when you're from boston you just name you can school. you can just name any boston school I'm like yeah yeah i went there i went to boston college i went to harvard and people are pretty much like oh wow really but you see the the magic is in the interview the back and forth yeah and so they're so enamored with you know this you know young guy at that time i was like 21 22 uh, claiming to have, you know, oh, a journalism degree or whatever, something that is obscure enough where they wouldn't know enough about it to ask about it. <laughs> oh, I've got an English literature uh, degree. So, uh, yeah. Which so means I like to read books. And basically, that's all it means. <laughs> like, oh, this guy's so well. And that's the other thing. I'm, I'm black, so of course I can be well spoken. Well spoken. Uh, so well read. There's no way this black guy who's well spoken hasn't gone to college. Let's just get this guy in the door. Let's green light it. Green light it. So um, I got through a lot of interviews like that. And um, yeah, that's uh, so I've actually never I've worked on the front lines pre 18, 19. But after that, um, I've, I don't think I've ever had a front line job. I've always been a supervisor, manager, area manager. I think the highest manager level I got to was operations manager for a, um, for a parking company. And um, I also worked a lot just to keep myself out of trouble because um when you're in your 20s, you know, you're horny all the time. I used to just work out and work. And I knew if I didn't do that, I was going to get myself in some trouble. Yeah, so, uh, I worked out and worked, but I was out to sea and it was a... Uh, I didn't want to join the army, man. I, that was a, I actually wanted, I was thinking about doing that at that time. Mm -hmm. But I felt like um, I don't, at that time I read a lot about war and, uh, you know, foreign policy and stuff. And I, even at that time, I knew that, you know, Capitalism is what drives war, not morals, oh. you know, and I didn't want to be fighting for dollars in rich people's pockets because that's really what it comes down to. Ninety nine percent of the time I was like, yeah, no, not giving my life for that. So um, that's the only reason why I didn't stay out. I still respect all the all the you know brothers and sisters. I, I know a lot of people in the military, but that was just my own personal choice and my own reasoning. Anyway, what were you going to say? No, I was. Um, I know for me, uh, watching different world, I was like. It, I just knew I was going to come to college. It wasn't even a, a question. I guess I was mm. going to go because my dad went. Yeah. Um, and the program I was in high school, a lot of people, you know, we went to Harvard or all these different types of schools. Yeah. So um, when I did go to college, undergrad, I went to HBCU, Historically Black College and University. My oh, freshman I always wanted year. to do that. Which one did you go to? I went to Xavier of Louisiana, which had a 17 to 1 male to uh, female to male ratio. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got in a lot of trouble. I, yeah. It was, you didn't even have to try at that point in time, right? It was just, it was awful. Let's also remember that it's Ramadan and we're both Muslims and we don't do such things. I'm talking about the young Myself. You're talking about your Jahiliya days. In the Jahiliya okay. days when I'm learning. But then um, uh, I got into two, I had gotten into Tulane and I went there for a research job. Mm. And they thought I was a student. And when I went to prove that I wasn't a student, 
they offered me more money and I went, well, I have a younger brother that's two years younger than me. He has to go to school. Yeah, this makes sense for my family. I switched. Mm. And it was it was good because I got to, to double and dual. I got to teach. Mm. So I was in college teaching high school. I taught elementary school. And yeah. Technically, I was supposed to be an assistant teacher, but the schools in New Orleans were stressed. So I got you to like, you, did, you, did you like New Orleans, though? Like I love New Orleans. To live there? Yeah. If it wasn't for... I, if it wasn't for Katrina, I would probably uh, I would have gotten out and worked right there because I was going to go to graduate school mm. at the University of New Orleans. I had gotten in, um, coming out, getting ready to come out of the Navy, but that wasn't in the cards. So I hear you. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, people like, oh, I went to go to Katrina to, after Katrina to help clean up. I mm-hmm. couldn't breathe, man. I was just there was so much mold and really yeah it was in the air in the air in the wood it was like my eyes my nose i mean phlegm was just coming from everywhere you know and i was like having that what turns out to be mild asthma attacks i was Mm -hmm. just it was not a good environment a lot of people went out to help but um you had to ripped all that stuff up i went into my mother-in-law's old place and it was completely like slime all Damn. the way to the ceiling. That sounds disgusting, man. Yeah, it was like, okay, not saving anything in here. Yep, just burn it. <laughs> Set it on fire. Wow. Yeah, I'm, uh, I've am i been to New Orleans, I think, just crossing over in the airport. I don't know if I've ever, have I ever been a, to the city? I don't think so. You know, people associate it with, like, craziness, like it's Vegas. That's or what something. I do, yeah, for sure. But it's, it's a nice city when you look like us, or you just... It had that Caribbean slash Southern feeling where people mm-hmm. were like, hey, baby, how you doing? You know, um, the food's amazing. Um, just good folks doing, you know, doing their thing. Yeah. Um, and also a lot of people there are related across, you know, so it didn't matter how much money a person had. You don't know who they're related to. And I kind of like that. You know, it's kind of flat. Yeah. You know, um, and I, and I felt like my brother went to school in Atlanta. I didn't. I didn't fit into Atlanta. I fit in. I, I thought Miami or New Orleans would have been good for me, and New Orleans was a good fit for me. Hmm. Yeah, I liked it. I like Atlanta. You don't like Atlanta? I, I like Atlanta to. I like Atlanta like for business and to go through things, but it's just not my rhythm. I I live in Boston, but. Even Bo- you got to know where to go to in Boston to to really have a good flow. Mm-hmm. I like the New Orleans flow. I, I like um, a Miami flow in, in the neighborhood the, where you could do stuff like a Brooklyn, a Manhattan. You could be busy. And yeah. You could be all flashy. But there's so many different communities. Like you know what? I want authentic Russian tonight. That's what I'm going to go eat. Uh, I want mm. you know it's I want Laotian food. You know yeah. I want Laotian food. Yeah. Or you just want to go to an art exhibit. Yeah. Or just hang out with cool people, you know. That's why I like Seattle. Seattle's very much like that, you know. I have people from all over. Toronto's like that, too. I yeah, Toronto, Toronto. I feel that. I like Toronto. I have not made it to the West Coast yet, which is very weird. It is kind of weird, bro. Yeah, like, I've been dude, around the world, and I haven't been on the western like none side of, of my None of the western states, well. How far west have you gone? Arizona. Oh, I've never been to Arizona. I went to Arizona for a job interview in a copper slash gold mine. Damn. So that sounds interesting. They, they flew me in, and then I drove from. What kind of job were you going to do in a in a mine? Well, I was an industrial engineer, so um, I was going to run their um, power and control systems. Yeah, it was really interesting. So uh, you've also had some interesting jobs. No, I didn't take that job because that place was in the middle of nowhere on a mountain. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be bored out of my mind here, yeah. like. It was six hours to to do anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. No, no. I'm good with that. No, I don't mind traveling for work. I worked in the middle of nowhere, but that's like a month or two, not years. My wife was. Uh, my wife is Canadian, and uh, we were gonna go up to the um, Alberta tar sands because apparently you can make a ton of money up there just doing anything. Anything you do up there, you're gonna make some money because it's just the money's just flowing. And uh, the only reason we didn't go is because it's literally. Like 15, 20 hours from anything like you that that town. It's not Alberta. Wait, is Alberta a province or a city? I can't remember. But um, the wherever the oil sands are, you're you're like there. You're not going anywhere until 
you you're know, done. until you're done with it. Like it goes in like these three months little. Yeah, I've worked like in three months on space. and like two weeks off or something like that. So if you don't go in that time, you're going to be stuck in like out in the hills with, you know, Canadian hillbillies or something for, uh, you know, for that period. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. No, nah, I worked in the oil patch for a little while. Um, I, you know, I appreci- Did you work on a, uh, what do you work on? A tech? No, what's that thing in the ocean? Did you work on one of those? Things? I worked on the drill rigs. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I did. Um, How was that? It was extremely dangerous, but I came from. I mean, I came after the Navy, then I worked in semiconductor, which is dangerous, but actually very cool with the robotics and everything else. Yeah. I like that. That was actually one of my favorite engineering jobs. Um, oil rigs are, you got people with PhDs next to like people with no high school education. Just labor. <laughs> labor. But you, it's one of those things where I liked it where it was both physical and intellectual at the same time. Mm. And uh, if you're not paying attention, you're going to get crushed. Well, How far out in the ocean are they? It depends. They could be anywhere from a few feet off the water to miles off. It depends on what kind of rig it is. And then you, know, you got land rigs. Drill well, were rigs. you what, were, The one you were on, how far out were you? Um, I was. I, so I worked for a company that serviced them. Oh, they okay. did a control system for them. So I would go from rig to rig to rig to rig. Mm. I was setting them up or fixing problems. I did that for like uh, just around two years. Hmm. And then um, I got into grad school and then I was like, deuces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I wanted the experience in uh, like uh, the, all of the energy sector. So yeah. in energy, I've done everything but when. Was it good money? Um, It's good money. You no, know, yeah, you can make good money. Mm. No, no lie. Like um, as I was leaving the sector, I got an offer to do a job for like two hundred and fifty, but uh, my body was done working in toxic environments. It was like um, you can't do this anymore. Yeah, all those what was it, like fumes and stuff like that. Fumes, the oils, the the it just carcinogens. So many different places. Wow. Uh, a lot of the lubricants are toxic. Like. And it's really right there caustic. in the water too, right? It's in the water, even on the land, and they do a lot to to to, to try to remediate it. And but it's still it's it, get, of, it gets into the ocean, right? All it gets that stuff. into the ocean. It gets on you, man. Like yeah. when I would come home, more often time was like um, all that stuff. I actually kept my uh, my clothes that I worked on the rig. Mm. I kept them in the car. In my truck actually mm. and I would take them in only in the house to wash them and then we would disinfect the washing machine when Damn. I was done and then you put it on your skin the and clothes I, the clothes and I would put them and I would put them back in the in the storage area in my in my truck you know it just <sighs> I could not come in the, I didn't want to bring that kind of yeah, toxins good, into to the household I can't work in that kind of I, I oh man I've had all man. kinds of crazy burns and marks and all just chemical burns and chemical stuff. burns and man F that bro uh, I've had multiple chemical burns from the different industries I've worked in that's that's weird I've been burned before but not by chemicals that just seems like a weird thing to happen I've been on fire multiple times oh you've been on fire yeah well I was a firefighter that's intense yeah the last time I was on fire was at um, um, mom's house uh Oh, with my last <laughs> with the up? barbecue? Yeah, yeah. The one where it took your eyebrows or something? No, it burnt me from like the eyebrows all the way down. I had second degree burns on my forearms. Jeez, man. And I was calm about it because I had been on fire before. So oh, it was just like, a little fire, you know. It was like, I was like, oh, I burned a little bit. I'm all right. Kind of hurts, like, kind of stings a little bit, but you know. Everyone was like, aren't you going to go to the emergency room? I was yeah. like, not really. Yeah, it's just a burn. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a manly. Uh, <laughs> no, that, it's like Predator that, when he said, "I ain't got time to bleed." I ain't got time to bleed. No, I'm just dis- detached from how serious it was. Yeah, because <laughs> like, I've been injured so many times. Yeah, I'm really calm during that process. Like when mm-hmm. I'm in danger, or uh, I can say that I I've seen you in some stressful situations. You seem to be the calmest person. It's like it, it's almost to the point where you're like, "Hey, does Shimon grasp what's going on here?" Uh, That's what other people say. (laughs) (laughs) Is he he awake? What's going on with this guy right now? You know what it is? uh, The brain just learns to be in a different mode. Like, I need to focus on what's going, what I'm doing. Yeah. And I've got, I love being in that space because you have to focus so well. You love being in stressful situations. I love being in intellectually business, industrial life and death situations. 
But I don't like being in drama situations. I don't like days of our lives, like living. I don't think any dudes like that. I think that's a guy thing. You know, it goes around my world frequently. It's just stressful for no reason. I'm like, why? What is this? There's so many other stresses in the world. What is this? I I don't need this. How can I make this go away (laughs) right now? Do I need to apologize? What do you want me to do? Okay, don't get yourself in trouble, Shimon. Um, <laughs> hey. Anyway, so I met Brian Gumble uh, the other day. Not the other day. Uh, this was like, I don't know. This was like probably like 10 years ago, man. And um, it was funny because um, he, uh, oh, man, I got so many stories of different celebrities. But uh, so I um, so I was at the front desk because I had to send somebody else on break or something like that. I can't remember why I was at the desk, but I was. And uh, he like walked uh, he walked in from the left and then he walked like he, he walked in like a 90 degree angle. Like he walked in straight and then turned 90 degrees and walked towards me like 30 or 40 feet. And it was funny. And he like, he like introduced, oh, I have Bryant Gumble. <laughs> like no one does that at a front desk. And, uh, and, and it was just a, it was just an interesting exchange. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I was like, cause I'm, I'm naturally, uh, I'm a funny guy. So I'm like, Hey, Bryant Gumble. And I kept saying his full name every time I said it. And it was, I was just being facetious, but um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was that was a, that was just an interesting exchange there. But yeah. he just he's he's not uh, he doesn't seem like he's terribly um, ethnic. <laughs> like he does, there's not a lot. Uh, he, he, he just it's like he's not. It's not even like he's a white guy. He's just he's just uh, very vanilla and plain. There's no character or personality there. That was just my impression. I don't know. Um, you want to hear a funny story? I also met uh, Cory Booker. Want to hear about that? Cory Booker, the senator. Corey yes, Booker? Cory Booker. So, um, I, I to the, to my dying day. Wait, should I? Hmm. Let me think. Should I talk about it? All right, go ahead. All right. So, um, uh, wait, should I talk about it? Sometimes when you do that double pause, that's your brain saying that's probably a negative. You know what? I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Uh, anyway, I met Cory Booker. I met, I met. I just met a lot of people. I met Greg Brady. I met Christina Aguilera. I met, uh, I met a lot. I met Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav was funny. Like he came, he came in and he had these like, like uh, groupies with him. They're, they were not attractive. <laughs> so uh, these groupies are not impressive. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah, I met a lot. I met a lot of a lot of people. Just, I worked at a lot of uh, fancy schmancy hotels in Seattle, and uh, yeah, yeah. One of these days, uh, maybe in like a few months, remind me about the Cory Booker thing when it's not Ramadan, and uh, I'll, I'll maybe I'll talk about it. Oh, uh, that sounds good. Um, by the way. I'm going to my oldest daughter's high school graduation. Oh, look at that! Coming up, yeah. She's announcing what college she's attending at the party on Saturday. Oh man! So you know, fly down there. Maybe it's Harvard. No, she's going to school in Texas. Oh, Texas, so, Texas A and M. I don't know. What does I, she want to do with her life? She wants to. She's interested in psychology and um, cognitive psychology, neuroscience. Those types of things, they're a variety of different, you know, she's still like how the brain works structurally and how yeah. it affects your psycho-emotional state. That's where she likes right now. So, okay. Uh, really excited for her. Um, She'd want to go to a, a school with a good, because in order to be a, a, a psychiatrist, psychologist, don't you have to have to go to pre-med or something like that? I mean, she has a, she's either going to have to go to medical school or she's going to have to get a master's or a PhD. So she's going to mm. be in school for a while. Yeah. Um, but she likes school. She's, a, you know, she takes after you. You like school too, right? Yeah, yeah. I like learning stuff. So yeah, I, me too. Yeah, I, I'll. I think I'll, that's why we get along. I like learning things. I just don't like school. Yeah. But I so love. Uh, I, I love learning between, about I, I, anything. I, really. I don't like bad teaching. Yeah. I I watch. You know, I do learning workshops on like variety of platforms. I'm always reading something. I just like learning. Yeah, me I too. I don't want to do the exact same thing again if someone knows how to do it better. Why am I wasting my time? Exactly. But like, but like oh, you could do this much better? Come on, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. yep. Dump this into the brain. Let's get this thing out of the way. You know I, I, mean? I find that uh, I I love learn like learning how to do this podcast has been very enjoyable for me. You know, learning how to do the marketing and all that kind of stuff. It's very it's just interesting and now I know how to do it. Yeah, you know, and I can charge someone else to help them do the same so, thing. So, 
Iman's been doing uh, for everyone. Iman's been doing the engineering on this. Fantastic job, by the way. Thank you, Shaman. So, uh, Iman was. Um, we were doing a project for uh, MIT last week. Oh and, man, let's talk about that. Yeah, and uh, Iman was supposed to come. Well, obviously, he was at the, the funerals the exact same time, and. Uh, the up, night bro. before, we were like, "Gonna be um, angry about that, bro? Come on, man!" And let's get into the, <laughs> take a. He's like, "Hey, Shimon, uh, you're gonna have to take the helm on this one." Okay. I was like, "All right, send me the picture." So we just took a picture of the setup, and he, he told me what to do, yep. and I just went and did it. We made it work. Made it work. I'm proud of you, bro. It was crazy over there, man. Uh, they apparently we were the MIT CIO symposium last week. Mm. It was. Very fun. A lot of big companies and medium companies, new companies. There were 908 attendees, most of which are chief information officers or directors. Did they have free food? Well, it was included. Well, we were pressed. So you know what? You know what really irks me. I'm just going to interject here. Uh, when it's Ramadan and then someone's giving out free food. Well, there was a lot of free food, <laughs> and uh, it makes me angry. <laughs> and I saw a brother I knew um, who's an information officer, and I knew he was going to see me eating. And I was like, "Hey, brother, I am not fasting." Oh like, yeah, because oh, yeah. you're doing this, the getting over the surgery thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because I'm um, not able to. So just to let you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be eating. Yeah. Um, don't want you to not feel trying bad. to rub it in your face, bro. Yeah, yeah, I'm not trying to be sneaky and. Break my fast. I'm just not fasting. Yeah. Um, no, but it was good conversations. A lot of really interesting companies. Mm. Um, speaking of Muslims, the CIO of uh, Edible Arrangements was there. Got to meet with him. Oh, yeah, shit. We got to circle, circle back with them. Wait, is, the CIO is a Muslim. Isn't the CEO a Muslim, too? I believe so. I, I assume the CIO is Muslim. His last name is Khan. So Probably. I, probably. Good. That's, that's, high likelihood. Every con I've known has been Pakistani, and that's generally Muslim. Yeah. So, all right. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, it, it was because a lot of interesting new companies, like a uh, couple companies that were doing stuff like on um, a way to find out about counterfeit parts. Mm. Uh, that was interesting. There's another one um, uh, preventing thinking about cybersecurity at the equipment level protecting the processors there were a lot of really cool companies Mm. doing interesting things and since they they, there was a good rhythm to the place and you could just be like hey um i like events where you could sit and have a conversation with a head level decision maker yeah and you can get to read them you know and like oh shoot so your multi-billion dollar company is doing what oh that's what you're thinking about and that's what you're feeling yeah hmm. let me use that for my company so what we are what shaman is talking about we have a segment come up so we got a number of segments coming up one it's called american muslim we're going to talk about muslims in america how they're living what they're doing that kind of thing the other segment we have is called baus yeah i brought that back from 2012 um baus baus you have to say it like rick ross did five years ago because that's how cool we are. Um, and he... And, some, and, I lived in Houston and in the area that is giving me flashbacks, man, when I lived in the South. What? Like a boss? Like people say boss. Like a boss. No, you can't say boss. 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 You have to put it like... It's like B-A-O... Almost like mouse, but boss? Boss. Like boss. B-A-O-W-S. My brain goes, no. I'm okay. not doing that. <laughs> well, I'm going to say it every time I interview. So the segments that uh, Shaman recorded in the MIT symposium uh, is going to be part of the boss boss segments. And um, and then we're going to we're not going to stop there. We're going to go through a, to a lot of these different uh, functions. We're going to we're going to pick the brains of different CIO people in charge. People, yeah, we're, uh, we're entrepreneurs, CEOs, big shots. Yeah. And uh, let's not only see what they're planning and uh, what they're doing with their companies, but we're going to see, you know, what is have they reached that successful point in their lives? Are they happy with where they are? And then if they have any advice for, you know, people in, in their own businesses like uh, Siobhan and myself. I found a lot of them don't get interviewed that well. I know. You know or, or they want to have a conversation. Yeah, just, you talk, know? just talk about them. Because we don't want to have a conversation you do me your pitch deck to me right now because no. nobody wants to hear that nobody wants to do it they right. don't want to do it themselves either yeah. you know like let let's let's your pr people. person sit down and have a conversation let's hear why you why why are you doing this and, yeah. you know what exactly. you're going through um 
some people who were the people who did really good interviews were just personal and they were excited about what they were doing and you're like oh shoot that's what you're doing that that's amazing yeah i didn't know your product was coming out like that uh and talked about how they were learning and why they were at the event Mm -hmm. you know why you come back you know there was one guy who flew in from singapore that's a long flight. That is a isn't that twenty four? That's like yeah, the farthest no, distance. Yeah, yeah, there's no way to make that a quick flight, right? And um, unless you're going into space, wait for the Earth to turn and come back down, and that's expensive. Um, yeah, it costs a lot of money, though. Yeah, that would be a really expensive way to get it done. And he came. He comes. He's come for three, four years in a row. Mm. So it was a a high value event, and I really appreciated. Interviewed a, a, a author. Well, I didn't. Uh, Ingr- so it's going to be really good stuff. I think we can get value. Our mics are amazing. By the way, could come up on this one. Yeah, I paid a lot of money for these mics. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, they did a really good job. So we were kind of hurt my pockets a little bit, you know. But uh, we're going to make it. But back. they're worth it, though. They're worth yeah. it. So they were able to filter out the background noise, and mm-hmm. we can really hear the good voice. And I, it didn't wasn't blanked out where you couldn't tell that there was no event going on, mm-hmm. but you can filter it through, and you can focus on who was talking about yeah so that was kind of except there were like a couple of people we're interviewing right and there are a couple of people talking like right here off our shoulders like dude i know you see these two cameras yeah all these mics on this table maybe you should move this conversation mm-hmm. 20 feet that way yeah. <laughs> no. people are inconsiderate though you know they yeah. don't care and they were eventually people like other people looked at them like um you know you're being extremely douchey right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but uh the only thing is like when people were moving stuff mm-hmm. you know uh, especially if they were beginning to pack up a little bit later yeah. that was so loud you know what we should invest in we should invest in some of those um you know those little clip-on mics they suck well, they're good for interviews, though. They're not good for everything, but they pick up within two, like a foot of their radius. Of yeah, the Lang Miller. So we tried know. those for the video cameras, but they 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 were picking up so much sound. Really? You probably yeah. have to adjust the uh, yeah. We, the board, we, the sound we need board. to look at that. So when we had the first interviews in the morning, yeah, um, we used the Lanulars and for a regular mic, mm-hmm. a regular interview mic, but. The people walking outside, and we had uh, the auditorium closed. You can hear the chit chats of mm. the people up. It was just picking up everything. Everything. Oh, wow. Um, it was a little too sensitive. Okay. But okay. where this one, these mics are sensitive up front, and they would pick up the noise, but you weren't hearing. It wasn't distracting. Mm. And those were distracting noises okay. um, and sounds. Okay. Um, All right. Well, let's. Um, well, it's not. I guess this is. Um, behind the scenes talk but let's plan out how we're gonna do it next time uh fun fact about you man i am not good at these kind of uh like i'm not good at big public events here's what I, my strengths are um sound like you're speed dating <laughs> my, <yeah. laughs> no my strengths are i i'm good at public speaking believe it or not i don't mind speaking in front of a crowd that's not a issue for me um but i don't know how to like schmooze and all that stuff i really don't like i don't know how to go to parties and have a good time and you know, even at uh, even at this funeral, like I'm, I'm very awkward. I'm, I'm socially awkward it's, it, to a, you know, to the nth degree when it comes to like in the mix. Yeah, I'm good at being in the front of the crowd and you know directing or talking about whatever, but um, getting in the crowd and just being one of the crowd and that kind of thing and try to have a conversation like it, it might be. I don't know if I might. I don't know if I'll be good at that. I really. That's don't. what I like doing. I like being in the mix. Yeah, so I think next time I'm going to conveniently have something else to do as well. And no, no, no. Look, <laughs> I had you, to take, uh, a, had to take a Uber yeah. with um, all our audio equipment, the laptop. Oh, man. Yeah, we and have a lot, two dude. video cameras. This sounds like it's just two dudes on a mic, but listen, we got two laptops going. We got a soundboard. We got mics, the mic stands. We got these big uh, black DJ cases to put everything in so they don't get damaged. Uh, it's a lot of stuff. Plus two. Or not. Big old video cameras. Plus the bit, yeah. Plus the videos, yeah. So uh, we got a lot going on, um, you know, for your for your amusement here. I hope you're entertained by this. Oh, there was this, uh, to um, the one of the guys there that was helping out. His name is uh, Big Andy. He yeah. actually had the bench press world record, like nine hundred something pounds. He was a big dude, big dude. Big Andy, I never heard of that guy. What's yeah. his What's his real name? Um, don't get me lying. Uh, <laughs> but he he, uh, he does special effects for. Um, 
What's the The Walking Dead? So really? he, he's a makeup artist and he's special mm-hmm. effects. But he has a couple of cool cameras. It's a camera that goes on a drone, but when you handhold it, it's it's suspended, so it just gives you a really smooth yeah, a steady shot. cam. Yeah, steady cam. Yeah, yeah. Jamil has that too. Um, it's nice. Jamil, I'm trying to get him on the on the podcast. Maybe he can come talk to us about something. I don't know, but um, yeah, those steady cams are good. Yeah, well, at some point we're probably gonna have to like invest in some uh, some camera equipment because I do want to start putting stuff out on YouTube. Um, we got a YouTube channel. We just don't have anything on it. Um, but yeah, that'll help us market this uh, a little better. And then all these interviews, uh, when we have a video of them, I think it'll be a little bit more um, engaging. Yeah, I think you know, I think this was a good learning experience, so we yeah. know what not to do. I did like the idea of doing the uh, conversation and videotaping the conversation, yeah. feeding that live. We'll we'll use the. I think we just got to make sure we, because like I said, we wanna we wanna. Uh, stick to a format with them um so i i just hope we can uh lead it that way with the conversation because we don't want it to be just an interview hey this is not really podcast this is sort of like we're having a meeting on the podcast but uh, <laughs> anyway uh and the behind the scenes look of the not done podcast yeah exactly hey man um you Hold know on. it's almost it's almost midnight and you're about to turn into a pumpkin all right. Hey, uh, so, um, hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's been a pleasure uh, having you here. Um, I apologize. This is not our normal flow here. Um, we're in Ramadan, so we're, um, we're kind of just like putting stuff together. We don't have a whole, f- you know, usually we have topics and stuff we're going to go over, but um, kind of just chatting, you know, just keeping Chained it natural. Up. I think, you know, we, we always have a theme and then we meander around it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, yeah, my computer is going to reset. I have no idea why it wants to do this. It's yeah, just computer. save it before. It so resets. let me uh, save this. But anyway, it's been a pleasure, guys. Uh, I love you immensely. I love you dearly. And um, hey, we're on iTunes now, so that means we're legit. And uh, hey, check us out there. Um, it's been a pleasure. And uh, Ramadan Mubarak. Ramadan Kareem. And uh, thank you for listening to the Not Done Podcast. Uh, we'll catch you later. All right. One. <laughs>